name is Sneary. I am Siri's cousin. I'm cheaper. You are listening to the Mark and Me podcast. No charge. Please press pound. Oh. Press pound again. Please keep pressing pound until I say no more. In the meantime, enjoy your podcast with Michael Winslow, Mark, and me. Thank you. Not. Hello and welcome to episode 16 of the Mark and Me podcast. As always, I'm your host Mark, and joining me on today's episode is the man with 10,000 voices, Michael Winslow. Now, if any of you out there have ever heard any of my other podcasts with Skip to the End, you will know I'm a big fan of the Police Academy films. They are a huge part of my childhood. I remember when I was a kid, my dad would sit me down. I probably wasn't supposed to be watching these sort of films because they are quite crude and quite wrong, but it was good. It was those sort of films that when my mom went to bed, my dad was like, go on then. The early films from the Police Academy films really are some of the best comedies out there, but they're just so iconic, all these different characters, but one that really stuck out for me was Michael Winslow. I was amazed by the amount of different voices and different impressions this guy could do. I always thought they were put in afterwards, loads of different special effects on computers and stuff like this, but it wasn't, it was all down to this one guy. So when I started Mark and Me, I thought... Even though there's guests I really want and I made the list with people like Anthony Hopkins and Kurt Russell and Kevin Smith, he was high up there. I wanted Michael Winslow because I wanted to remind people of just how skilled and talented this guy is, but also all those kids from the 80s like me to have a refresh of just how funny this guy is because I was lucky enough to see some of his stand-up shows. He's a funny guy and he's just so entertaining, so it was absolutely thrilling when I got the chance to sit down and interview him. But the best part was, he was everything I wanted and more, so I'm really looking forward to sharing this episode with you shortly. Just before I do, I want to say a big thank you to the response to the last couple of episodes. You lucky guys out there, you got two episodes within a week. You first had Fat Man on Batman special with Mark Bernardin. That was huge. I actually had to invest in more server space because we downloaded our whole month's allocation within a couple of days. So, hey, you're listening to this for free? It's not free for me. I've invested quite a bit of money these last few weeks making sure that we can get the content out there and have enough server space for you all. But not only that, we were joined by Greg Sestero from The Disaster Artist in the Room. This episode has gone huge. I've seen so many tweets and so many Facebook comments. It's been unbelievable. I can't say much, but something else is coming from that interview, which I had no idea about. So please stay tuned. But as I said at the start of this episode, I've been lucky enough to sit down with Michael Winslow. So without further ado, here's my interview. And as always, I hope you enjoy. Hello. How you doing? I'm very well. Yourself? Uh, we're doing good. We're, we're roasting here. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No worries. So I will kick off with some questions. So I'm sure you wish you had a dollar for every time you got asked this question, but I want to launch with it. At what age and where were you when you realized you first had this extraordinary talent of making the greatest voices and sounds possible? Well, since you put it that way, I have to say, 
One dollar, please. Well, uh, actually, it's, it's always always been this way. Um, all conscious memory pretty much was was sound and noises. I didn't have a lot of friends. I kind of I kind of like made it up as I, as I as I went along. It, it, it was just a, just a life experience for me. Uh, human soundtrack, maybe. I don't know where to begin, but I, I wish I did have a dollar for every time because uh, I could I could spend it to come over there and see you. I'm sure you could retire by now by the time that the amount of people have asked you. So were you that kid at school that was the naughty kid? I can imagine you being in the classroom kind of playing tricks on the teachers and the other pupils, or were you quite a good boy? Uh, no, not not quite so good. I'm afraid, well, there, there, are, there are several of us in the classroom. You know, the, 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 the first second banana comes to mind. Well, the first kid would always get in trouble, and I would make it worse by making it sound like he did it. Uh, you know, having, having squirrels in the teacher's desk is, is, is not very conducive to, to a learning environment, but that's okay. I hope she's okay wherever she is. I mean, having talking squirrels on the desk, especially having a political conversation, is it, lots of fun. Or in the science class, having having the, having the, having the, the two mice, the two mice in the same cage getting amorous while he's trying to talk about magnesium. It it it, it got uh, it got interesting, and uh, and and it played played along later in life. You know, when you have talking food in the Chinese restaurant. So you literally are never coming out of kind of playing tricks on people and just having fun with it. Well, I've had to kind of cool it a little bit because you know everybody's gotten so serious now <clears throat> no more uh, no more flight attendant call button on air on airplanes you know this is stuff I, I can't do anymore but there's some things i can do but some stuff i, I gotta i gotta watch it because i don't want to interfere in in people's jobs and lives but at the same time um, i've been getting people to learn how to, how to do things so so folks are starting to emulate folks are starting to, to do things and people are learning their own noises because they're figuring out that they have a skill set to pick up on what you just said, a lot of people out there can make good sounds with their voice. They can do good impressions, but no one seems to match your talent. So when was it that you realized it wasn't just a bit of silly fun and actually there was something here that you could make a living out of and hopefully become famous for? When I finally had uh, hitchhiked my way to Los Angeles, we're talking about 19 somewhere around there. I, I, you know, after after a while, you, you start doing things for radio, like you know, because it was FM radio, and they started, you know, getting you to come in and and, and do things. I was an intern for a, a radio station um, uh, in in California called KROQ. It was the Surfer Rock Station. That that's what I, that was the first station in, in in America to play Devo, and one of the first stations to play a Crowded House, and the first station to play uh, Smiley Culture, and the first station to play a lot of things. So I, I ended up getting a, getting a chance to like sort of like apply my my abilities and it annoyed quite a few people but it, it, it entertained a lot of people for the fact that i was annoying other people so it was it was starting to it was starting to work and then uh you know and then, then animation and voiceover houses like Hanna barbera you know and other places start you know hiring you to, to do things and slowly but surely it, things began to uh, evolve i've been doing a lot of research on you and um did it all start out at one point as being a bit of a street performer is that kind of how you get recognized or well, yeah, uh, well, you got to eat, man. <laughs> yeah. So I would, uh, at the time, I, was, I, was, I just hit, you know, ground Venice Beach, you know, California, as was at ground nothing, at Venice Beach, and I noticed that there were a lot of street performers. So, you know, you, you, start, to, you start to hang out with them and, and borrow their microphones and things, because back then, it was, everything was all battery-powered because there was no power. So we, we used to have this thing called pig-nose amplifiers. Where you would you would plug your your microphones into and and I got my hands on a, on a, on, a, on a beat up a Roland cube you know a Roland I was I was using Roland stop boxes and plugging plugging myself into them 
and doing things and, and, and attracting attention and, and having people put money in the cardboard box and, and you take that money and go over to Tom's number five hamburgers and, and buy chili fries and that'll last you, you know, a whole day. Yeah, I, I know it sounds a little odd, but back then I didn't know what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. I'm, st- I'm still not quite sure about it now. It's interesting to hear that out loud. Um, like I said, I've been doing a lot of research and I didn't realise how much influence you took from us over the pond, you know, in Britain. I, I read that you, some of your favourite programmes of all time are all British. Oh, yes. I used to watch The Goodies. I used to watch uh, Monty Python, Monty Python's Flying Circus because it was just so wrong. And uh, and a little, bit, little, little a few years later, there was a show called Quark that you all had. But there was Monty Python's Flying Circus. It was The Young Ones. It was... It was a uh, 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 top of the pops. It was there were so many programs to watch, and I watched. You know, I, I got to see the old kinescope of of Jimi Hendrix going three three bars into Hey Joe and saying, "Hey man, let's change my mind. Now. This we're gonna do a song called uh, Purple Haze." He became a hero overnight because the whole establishment got turned on his ear. The masterpiece theaters and and Hell Kill Wild. And this is my first of course. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, all those things had an effect on me, and it's your fault. <laughs> We're all to blame. Yeah, you better believe it. And thank you. And Doctor Who. Yeah, listening to some of those stuff that you're quoting is all amazing. The Young Ones and Bottom and all these series we still watch now, Only Fools and Horses, all this British comedy, we literally, even 30, 40 years later, we will spend most of our Sundays eating lots of food and watching these classics. Yeah, the classics are, are, are what's up, man. And then you, then you had, uh, uh, what, what was that show called? Uh, the Champions, you know, the the, the Avengers, of, not, not, not the new one, the Avengers with John Steed and Emma Peel, man. Then you had, then you had Thunderbirds, the Rescue Man. Then you had Stingray. You had Supercar. You, you had, you had Fireball XL5, you know, and, 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 and back to Doctor Who, you know, when, when the Daleks were, were, were always trying to shock people and I go, well, how come nobody ever ran upstairs? What's wrong with y'all? And then, of course, you know, Freddie Mercury and Queen. So I started doing, cro- you know, I would get kicked out of class for doing cross-dress of Freddie Mercury with Daleks. And I'm like, we will shock you. We will shock you. And it was just wrong, man. But I, I watched it all. I watched everything. Uh, I watched everything. Especially really, really bad foreign films. Oh, but, Marcella, I, 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 I want to love you, but I hate you. Stop, Diego. I hate you because I love you. I love you because I hate you. Oh, we shall, we shall slap each other together. No. You know, the stuff had a lot of, the stuff had a, that was wrong, man. I, I told myself at the start of this interview, you cannot laugh. When he's doing impressions, just, just sit there, bite your teeth, because you don't want to be laughing all the way through this recording, and I'm only 10 minutes in, and I'm sitting here like a Cheshire cat, really trying not to laugh. You're doing and, good. And, 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 I know, I know the stuff is strange, man, but, but when but when Stingray would come on and Fireball XL5 and Supercar and you had all the, and you had all the, all the, all three, stand by for action. Supercar, Supercar, yeah, that stuff, that stuff affected me, man. That's, that's the reason you're here today doing these impressions. It's amazing. Also, it also enabled me to have world travel, you know, so I was, I was, uh, I spent a lot of time, you know, traveling, and, and, and thanks to Police Academy and, and Space Force and Malbrooks, I got a chance to do a lot of travel, so I got, had a chance to come to the UK and, and do things, and I'm hoping I get a chance to come back out there again and, and, and see y'all. I would love to come back, and, you know, I've always wanted to be in a British film. I've always wanted to make a British movie. And then I can sit, sit there, and I can do all the voices myself, then. Oh, uh, don't stop that. Don't tell me what to do. I'll tell you what, I laid on me. Shut up. <laughs> 
I'm going to make it happen. I know people. I'm going to get you over in England and we're going to do a stand-up show in London and we're going to get you in a film because I just want to see it now. Because you, know you know how wrong that would be, man, for me to, for me to go, oh, it's quite all right then. No, it's not then. So, tell me something. Yes. Why do you have to do multiple voices and it's only one person? Because you're not schizophrenic then. You know I'm not like that. Uh, but I'm also a Scottish. <laughs> You just mentioned then, and I can't obviously avoid talking about it, Police Academy. That's the film that I grew up with. My dad would sit me down and we'd watch it, and I wasn't supposed to tell my mum, because it was quite wrong in the 80s. It was I was only about five or six years old. Yeah, the first one was rated R. That was wrong, man. The first was, That's because of the shower scene and the podium scene. Yeah. And this first... Gotta have the lights, please. <laughs> Police Academy, how did that come about? I mean, that must have been mind-blowing when you got the role. Was it a case you went to audition, or did you get on set and then discover that you could use your voice on there? Or No, no audition. Uh, see, by then I, I, got, I had a chance to do a couple, I, I do a couple of roles unrelated. I was in, I was in a, a, a couple of Cheech and Chong movies. I don't know if you know who those guys are. but Oh, uh, man, the big, big stoners. But they're, they're having a big resurgence here. I got a chance to, to be in a couple of their movies, and, and I discovered uh, that uh, that uh, Cheech and Chong worked a lot like Charlie Chaplin did. They had no script, uh, and Tommy Chong would, would direct. What they would do is they would have cartoons. They, they would have uh, uh, drawn storyboards of cartoons of themselves in certain scenes and situations, and they would just position everybody where they wanted, and they would just improv everything. So I ended up being in a couple of their movies, and I used to listen to their records back when I was a kid. That's right, man. I used to listen to our movies, man. Yeah, man, the dude was really far out, man. So um, the producer and director of Police Academy had, they just finished writing an, an, another draft and they were taking a break and they were watching the Cheech and Chong you know, f- film marathon. And they saw me in this scene in the welfare office. And Hugh Wilson, who was the director at the time, who created a series here in the U.S. called WKRP in Cincinnati, they, they said, who the hell is this, who the hell is this, this crazy-ass guy? Let's, um, let's go see him because he, he's got to be somewhere. Let's go see him live. At the time, I was opening for Count Basie and his orchestra, and I had gotten this one-off, and I had a chance, to, you know, and again, I had that, that little beat-up rolling 20-watt, 20, 20 you know, 40-watt cube amplifier, and I was opening for Count Basie and his orchestra, and I was doing jazz fusion noises. So they kind of just wrote me into the picture. So when you turned up on set, and obviously they're filming, I, the way I watch it and the way I sit and enjoy Police Academy it seems to me that there's a real spontaneousness about all the noises that you do. Were you, were you given free reign? Did you kind of improvise on set, or was it quite scripted and you had to kind of stick to the boundaries? We kind of, I, I kind of made it up, because, you know, the, the writers didn't know what the heck to do with me, uh, even though he, he had written the, 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 the original the, the draft. See, originally, originally it was Neil Israel and Pat Proft, and then Hugh did another rewrite on it, and they would just present the scene, okay, here's where we are. Um, what do you think? What can we put here? So it was spontaneous because I, I kind of like made it up and they kind of like wrote the script after, you know, to, to kind of include what was going on. So yes, there was a, a tro- problems with continuity, of course, um, but um, we pretty much made it up as we went along, especially the riot scene, Yeah, you know, where, where Mahoney and Jones are standing in the middle of a, in the middle of the street and everybody's gone. And I was going to put a Clint Eastwood, I was going to put the harmonica in there. We said, no, no, we can't get clearance for that. Because Eastwood would sue us. So instead I put, which sufficed. Amazing. So when Police Academy came out, were you 
surprised by the reaction because it was absolutely huge, and that's not just in America; it was worldwide. Yeah, everybody loved us, but except for Rex Reed. <laughs> <laughs> I remember him saying, oh my God, if they make another bloody awful police academy, I'm going to retire. You promise? You promise? <laughs> so did it blow your mind? Were you chuffed? Were you loving life, knowing that there would be many sequels to come? It was, it was good. You know, you know, for a little while there, you know, a lot, all the, a lot of the player haters kind of gave up, you know, you know, hating on me <laughs> for a while. And they just kind of said, okay, this guy is obviously insane. Leave him alone. Don't mess with them because the, the trouble the trouble with crazy people is you, you can't ask them to explain. Very good point and something I need to note down if I ever meet any more mental people. You meet any mental people, don't bother Don't bother trying to get an explanation. Just like, ask a crazy person to explain something. The explanation will be crazier than what they did. Yeah. How many times did we see One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which was produced by Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito, which I did not know at the time. I keep thinking of Mr. Martini, man. Oh, my cigarette, Miss Ratchet, my cigarette. Mr. Martini. When I was uh, when I was growing up at school, you were the person that we all tried to emulate in the playground. You know, even over in England and at primary schools and stuff, we'd watch the films and we'd go in trying to do the helicopter sounds and all the guns and stuff. Did I get you all in trouble? I hope I didn't get you all in too much trouble. I think I had to stay behind school a couple of days for probably making my teacher want to hit me. So, but that would have just been, you know, just just the usual sort of stuff that a ten year old would do. Oh, quite sorry, actually. Um, I guess I'll have to buy you a cold one when I get out there. Massively. What are your feelings now yeah, about I, all the uh, sequels? Well, the sequels, the sequels were fun. You know, there, there, there was, you know, there was, there was fun to be had. You know, in each one, even, even Moscow or, or, or Mission of Moscow was okay. You know, Moscow's a great place if you're a truck tire. Um, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just kidding. I don't want to get in any trouble. Yeah, we love but, we um, love Russia, by the way. If anyone's listening, Moscow, Russia, we love you. We think you're the best place right now. We don't want to fuck with those guys. No, not at all. But you know what? I had fun up out there, too. We got in trouble um, uh, in Gorky Park. Um, it, it, it's kind of hard to explain. Uh, but, well, here's the thing. You, you know, movies try to, save, you know, budgets, you know, you know, production companies try to save, you try to save money in your budget. So you try to do as much stuff in-house as possible. You understand that, right? Massively. Well, uh, well, the production company brought their own uh, wireless lavalier microphones. So the, the, little, the little mics that you put behind your tie, the, the, the little microphones that, so you can yeah. you can hear the sound. Put the little microphones behind the tie, or behind the shirt, or in the collar, or, or in, in the woman's in, in the ladies, uh, you know, women's clothing or the or the bra or whatever. So yeah. that you can hear the. You don't have to voice it over later. Well, um, somebody made the choice that it would be cheaper to bring to bring the wireless mics from states i guess or from hungary or, or wherever and you could retune them later well somebody forgot to retune them and we were in gorky park and i was practicing the bicycle scene you know the, the stunt bike scene yeah and, and i think I, I if i remember correctly i think i was doing the sound of a dog riding a motorcycle cursing in russian while beating <laughs> the hell out of a cat beating the hell out of a cat standard you know, that, that's just like five layers of something yeah it was a a dog riding a motorcycle, cursing in Russian, beating up a cat. Because I had, I wanted to learn Russian, so of course they taught me the dirty words first. This went on for about twenty minutes. I was doing some really, really weird, really weird. And um, these guys in these long coats uh, with hats, on, with fedoras, walked up to me with a with a with one of those antenna transponders. They walked right up to me and 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 put the transponder uh, antenna on my chest. Walked right up to me, 
and they started cursing in, in the very Russian words that I was using. <laughs> well, you see, these, these, these microphones are supposed to have a range of 300 feet, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out uh, that because of, because of the listening or God knows whatever devices there are there, um, it, it, it went six kilometers. So we were on the military ministry's frequency, I think. They're pretty upset. Uh, hearing this dog riding a motorcycle beating this <laughs> in, in, in broken, dirty Russian words. So they, they were pretty angry with me because they, the, the ministry picked it up from six kilometers away. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I started that whole conflict in 93 when, when they, when they, when they, when they, when they built the, that might've been my fault. I'm just thinking now, did you have to speak to the costume team to get some new pants at this point? Or were you, you know, it sounds pretty I, scary. They were, they, were yelling, they were yelling pretty loud until they figured out it was police academy, and then they, then they were happy. They said, oh, okay. <laughs> this is very funny. I like this. Yet, it's not good what you did. It's funny. Okay. You say <laughs> fine. You say fine. And, I'm, and I kept thinking, damn, I could get a lot of, I could, I could, do, I could do really well with voiceovers. So if, if they want to do any, so over there uh, where you are, if you guys want to do any more of those UK commercials with, with, with the meerkats, with the really, really bad uh, uh, Russian accents that sound like German. Yeah. That's a segment. Oh, I, I could do a say again. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to me, a cat. Yeah. Hey, give me a job. You put folks doing them commercials out there. Hey, I'll, I'll do meerkats. I'll, I'll do really bad Russian accents sound like German. I'll do it. You'll probably get free cinema tickets for life and loads of cuddly toys as well as a good paycheck. Well, um, a lot of folks from Germany go, so I had a chance to think about this. This is very good when you do the sounds, but I got to tell you sometimes the sounds, is, is, it is very disruptive when you do the sounds that, that they do, but alles gut, alles klar. <laughs> How does it feel then to be immortalized by one of the biggest animated series ever, The Simpsons, because they bloody love you? Well, I wish they'd give me a job. I would love to be able to kidnap Homer and pull a training day. That is the thing that if you know if Matt Greening is listening now get yourself on a whole episode because I want to see that well you know what tell everybody out there to write letters to Matt telling him put put Winslow in the Simpsons it's time for him to to, just to snatch Homer and take him on on a wild weekend you should be like the Poochie character and have a whole episode where you come in as another member of the Simpsons and they don't really warm to you so you know that would be good that would be good. I'd love, to, I'd love to try it. So everybody out there, write a letter uh, to Matt and, and tell him, look, um, he's, been, he's been picking on me long enough. It's time for me to, to get him back. So talking about picking on you, uh, one of my favorite TV shows from America that you guys gave us is The Office, which I absolutely love. I think it's, it's hilarious and it's my go-to TV if I'm ever feeling a bit down or anything. Those guys don't seem to love you. They kind of ripped on you. How was that? Oh, Steve Carell trying to make noises? I, I thought it was hilarious. Should let me do an episode where Winslow heard about what you did. He's 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 in the he's, he's in the office and he's looking for you. So so he, he, he could have had Carell hiding the whole episode, the whole episode trying to hide. Because uh, you know I, I don't mind. You know if, if, as long as as long as they spell my name right, <laughs> go ahead, pick on me all you want. I want to see that. I want to see Winslow turn up in Scranton and go to Dunder Mifflin and want to have a word with Michael Scott and Dwight trying to kick you out of the office. Why not? Uh, you know, I would love, to, I would love to, I would love to have a laugh off with Ricky Gervais. Oh, that would be amazing. You, you and him should do a stand-up tour. That would be great. Well, if anybody knows Ricky Gervais, write him a letter or email him or or, or, or tweet or, him. Or, yeah. 
tweak him, twixt him, tech him, Snapchat, uh, uh, chat snatch, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Just get in touch with him, tell him uh, that I, I would like to uh, meet up with Gervais and give him some noises. Hell, I, I want to. I want to give a, a look at some noises they don't have. Uh, you know, if, if so, tell Pinewood Studios. Tell them all. Tell Star Wars. If you all want some noises, come to me. As they're listening now, I'm hoping they're tweeting right now to Ricky Gervais and to Pinewood and to J.J. Abrams and everyone else out there saying, "Get him now." Yeah, because I, I I can provide them sounds that they can't make. Massively. So to finish off on Police Academy, do you think we'll see any more of the films? I know after Seven there was talk about maybe a reboot. Uh, 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 well, your fingers crossed, folks, because uh, there, there, there's some... I, I can't say what, what's, what's, what's going on going on, but uh, there's some bubbling. There, there's, there, there's, somebody's, trying to, somebody's trying to make a soup. Let's see what happens. So as I said, um, I was speaking to Billy from Gremlins, and he was telling me all about you doing the voice for Stripe, which I didn't even know. It's very creepy and sinister voice... It was pretty creepy. Um, I, I, I admit it, but you know what? I didn't write it. Dante did. Yeah, so, so for all the for all because uh, people walk up to me, and go, you know what? It's your fault, really. What's my fault? So, I couldn't look under me bed because of you. It's your fault then. I got terrorized because that strut noise. You know, it wasn't right then. You're quite cheeky. You shouldn't do that then. Well, 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 blame Spielberg. Blame Joe Dante. Don't don't go get mad at me. It's not. I, I just did what they told me. I, I'm the one that went. Oh, it wasn't my fault. I was just trying to get paid. Are you proud of Stripe looking back? Oh, absolutely. I, 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 you know, I, I would love to run into him. If, and if, uh, if there's a second, uh, if, if there's a third Gremlins or whatever, let me know. Uh, and like I said, I'm, I'm hoping that, that Mel Brooks is, is going to do another Spaceballs. I'm really hoping that. I just want Mel to make another movie. It'd be great. The Schwartz Awakens. See, that's where I was going next. Spaceballs is an incredible film, and working with Mel Brooks must have been one of the highlights, surely, of your career so far. Try and sum it up with words, working with that genius. Well, how many people do you know can wear a three-piece suit with tennis shoes? (laughs) And and, and pull it off as a look? Not many at all. Maybe one of my drunk uncles at a wedding that ruined the day, but that's about it. Yeah, maybe, maybe maybe the manager from Flight of the Concourse. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, maybe Beardy Man or Shlomo could pull it off. But that's about it. I, I think we'll yeah. get a sequel. I do think we'll get a sequel. It's that time now, isn't it, when we're getting like a new Jurassic World and there's talk of a Gremlins 3. You know, Billy was saying yesterday there's big talk about it really in the works now. So I, I do think it's that sort of time when we could get, you know, a, a Spaceballs 2. It would be nice. It would be nice. I, I, I don't know what kind of title they would they would they would call it, but Schwartz Awakens was 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 was, was suggested to me, and it, it's got a double entendre, and I know entendre. Yes, I do know him too. Yeah. <laughs> Another one that blew my mind when I was doing some research, and I've played this game to death, like most guys my age. But Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. What was it like uh, doing gaming instead of bloody movies? That was must have been very different. I wish I, I wish I could I wish I could comment on it, but there there's a dispute with that. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not good. So how about we move on then, and we'll talk about Sharknado Three. Yes, the Oh Hell No episode. That's the one, and I think those films might catch up with Police Academy at this rate. Uh, they very well could. You know, I didn't get a chance to do uh, uh, the Fourth Awakens, but I would like I would love to be in the next one since David Hasselhoff is, seems to be making a big resurgence. Massively. I watched um, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 the other day and he even crops up in that. I was like, wow, this man is everywhere. 
Was the, is the car in there too? Yep, and he's dancing, and he's he's in the main film itself as a one of the baddies. No, and amazing. No, you're kidding me. So you know what? Uh, maybe it's time we we start hassling the Hoff. I, I just um I, I just did a, I I did a, a, an appearance in one of these films uh, that he made that hasn't come out yet. It's called Killing David Hasselhoff. And what's your and, part and in that? Well, it's uh, uh, I'm in it. Ken Jeong is in it. Hulk Hogan is in it. John Lovitz is in it. Gene Lee Nolan is in it. Howie Mandel, got Kid Cutie. A lot of people uh, come, uh, just walk through and do and do uh, uh, cameos. Um, I, I think I fall. I think I fall in in, in in his pool, and he has to rescue me in slow motion. It's it's just wrong. <laughs> I'm liking the sound of it. It's just ridiculous. And Ken Jeong is is in it too. It's just it's, it is weird. But it's so hassle, it's so hassle, huh? And and you know what? Um, I made three German films with him, um, so I, I keep running into him places. So we'd love we'd love to run into him again. So I have, you know, I don't know. I wonder how this Baywatch thing with The Rock is going to work. I wonder. We'll, we're gonna we're gonna find out pretty quick. I saw the I saw the trailer and it looks okay. I just I just don't know if there's a need for it right now. I don't know if people are really missing Baywatch that much that they need a reminder. I just don't know. It might be good, I'm sure, with the rock in, it's going to make millions. But <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! If, if we're lucky, the car will show up again. <laughs> you've been on tour. Uh, you you spent a lot of time doing stand up and obviously doing shows, and you're in Leicester, which is my hometown. Probably. Oh, I want to say sort of five years ago. How has that been going on tour? Are you are you having a blast? Do you still get to do many shows at the moment? Well, I've got a, I've got a completely brand new show now. It's a completely new show, so I'd love to come out there and and uh, exhibit it. And it's not just uh, stand up anymore. I mean, I've I've got a lot of music uh, selections, and and since I had been in your town, I've, I've learned to do prints. So nice. Uh, and, and I've learned country music. I've learned prints. I've learned to do some reggae things, a, a lot of things. So my, the show's completely dynamically different now. So um, I'm looking forward to getting an opportunity to like release some music. And I got I got a few things coming up. So for folks that are just curious, you can go to therealmichaelwinslow dot uh, com. And we're on Twitter. We're on um, uh, I'm, I'm on uh, Instagram. And so I, I'm I'm all over the place. And we spent a month in Australia. We've been in Denmark. Uh, we were in what, what Belgium, uh, Finland, Latvia, Estonia, um, but you know all, all of them. It's, it's great, great fans, and, and I'm, I'm so glad folks are, are supporting and and, and 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 now beatbox, you know, conventions and and championship stuff. And I got to tell you, uh, it's it's, ama- it's amazing what 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 a few noises can do over over years. Are there any unfulfilled ambitions left in you at this moment in time? Sure, sure, and, I, and I'm, I'm addressing them all. Yeah. Um, folks can go catch me on YouTube on uh, uh, Michael Winslow TV, and you'll get a, you'll get to see some of the things that, that I'm working on. But um, but the, there's there's a lot of unfulfilled things yet, and I, I hope I can get this music released pretty soon. And I just want to make sure that every, everyone gets uh, gets a little taste and learns to make some noises. Uh, and all right, Mike. I just want to say to all my friends in Australia, uh, have a good time, mate. See you next time. Cheers. Hey, and all you fucking scored. Hey, and make me way out there again. <laughs> I was on your YouTube channel today, and I didn't realize how many videos you got on there. It's there's hundreds. It's incredible. No, that stuff's pretty. It's pretty ill, isn't it? They're kind of fuzzy wrestling. Uh, they'll like that. And uh, last time, last time I went to the um, one, of, one of your one of your one of your uh, uh, open air food markets. Um, 
I went and it's, it's called uh, uh, Eng English Tasty Adventure on Michael Winslow TV. And I went around and, and messed around with a few things and played with the food a little bit. So folks will have fun. Just uh, just uh, click on. I also went into the you know, supermarket and I, I got kicked out um, for making the food kind of talk. I, it must have been the, the dog and cat food section. That must have what did it. And <laughs> having... Having beef and pork and chicken making noises and well, I was just driving through, so you, you know me, I <clears throat> I have to do the sound of the jaguar. I want to finish because obviously I understand how busy you are, but I've I've got some quick kind of fire questions to basically answer with sound effects. So, what is your most requested sound effect that you do? Uh, it depends on the genre because everyone has a different a different set. Uh, there, it's 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 a it's multiple questions. It, it, there is there is no one question. It's multiple multiple questions. I mean, the folks in Egypt have 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 a completely different set of questions than the folks from 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 Finland. Uh, in Finland, it's, it's it's Finnish death metal. So I got asked to do Finnish death metal on 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 uh, radio rock. Um, they asked me to cover a Guns and Roses ballad uh cats in the cradle and uh, i'm afraid i messed it up pretty bad um <laughs> yeah, I, i'm a, well hey you know <clears throat> when it comes to death metal i understand now why the lead singers only last uh what 13 months i understand now <laughs> um i i had fun i had fun destroying cats in the cradle it, it was fun but <clears throat> the, the the fins didn't know what to make of it um we're, we're, we're a few million hits <laughs> they, were, they, were, they scratched their heads a lot i just hope they don't bleed um uh, Norway, same thing. Uh, getting a chance to go to Norway and do uh, a Led Zeppelin uh, a cover uh, with an acoustic guitar player, because I work with musicians too. So yeah, um, I just I just hope that Jimmy Page got a chance to hear it. I, I really would love an opportunity to uh, get my hands on on Bono and the Edge, you know, and have them come to lunch someplace, and and let me be the entertainment. Have you got Have you got the uh, Have you got Edge's delay guitar sound down to a T, knowing that that's such a uh, kind of iconic sound? Sure, just 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 somebody out there. Just let them know that I've, I'd like to do an edge off. Am I going to get a little preview now? I wish I could go, <laughs> but I can't. <laughs> What's the sound effect that's took the longest to perfect? They're 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 all taking they're all taking forever to perfect because they're alive. So each one of these things has a life of its own. So, like I said, it's a, it, I'm a work in progress, I guess. But uh, stay tuned. Uh, there will be some new things coming up, and uh, just just keep going. Just just keep keep uh, keep up with me, and I'll have some more things for you. Cool. Well, I want to get a few final little sound effects from you, if that's okay. Mm, what do you have in mind? Your favorite at the moment. Oh, gee, I don't know. Uh, which one of your children do you like better? I can't answer that question. Um, but I, I, I will leave you uh, with this. Um, I keep doing this. People love the sound when I open the window and... <laughs> <laughs> hey seal love your record amazing and we've had one fan request that i've said i would ask you can i have a little bit of Jimi hendrix to end the episode well i'll tell you what if you if you all find a way find me a, find me some venues uh, uh to, 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 to do out there so i can come and see you all again uh, I'll, uh, I'll make sure that Jimmy does a, a, a specialized song for you. You know, yeah. it was happening. You know, if, if you want me to come back, baby, you're just going to have to, uh, you know, 
uh, just find a place for me to for me to jam. You know, you know, rock and roll hell is cool to, to, to do music. You know, it's just it's cool. It's just a, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of warm. You know. <laughs> Thank you for your time, Michael. It's been absolutely awesome. I'm hoping we can get you over here and we can meet in person and have a beer and celebrate. I'd love to have a pint, man. Let me know when you're ready and, and tell everybody thank you for me. And in the meantime... Calling Danger Mouse! Calling Roster Mouse! Calling Roster Mouse! We have to make our dark team good! Ready for my mouse crew! <laughs> thank you and take care and good luck with the rest of the tour. Thanks, man. So there it is, the interview with Michael Winslow and myself. A really, really funny guy. And when you set up these interviews, you sometimes sit there and think, I really, really don't want to be disappointed in this person not be what I thought. You do kind of build up this anticipation where you hope the guest is everything you want. And Michael Winslow, for me, delivered everything. He was funnier, he was louder, he gave me more impressions... I couldn't ask for a better guest. And this is why I do Mark and Me. I have such a blast talking to these people. I hope you guys at home have enjoyed this interview. It's one of the most entertaining ones. I did say to myself I wasn't going to laugh, so I'm sorry that I laughed all the way through it because I did my best. But hey, he's one funny guy, so it's not easy to sit there and try and compose yourself and, hey, I'm not going to (laughs) laugh. It's impossible. I was laughing my arse off. I hope you guys did enjoy it. As I said at the start, I've had a few more interviews come off my most recent guests, which just leads and snowballs into someone else, so there are some new episodes coming out soon. I'm about to go on holiday and have a couple of weeks break, so you're not going to get an episode for a couple of weeks at least. I need to recharge my batteries. I'm off to America, but hey, what does that mean? I'm sure there'll be some guests in America that I'll be speaking to. Hint, hint. Please keep the comments coming. My Twitter's growing, my Facebook's growing, the Instagram's growing. I'm seeing so many more new listeners. I'm seeing people going back and listening to all the old ones, which is the best thing that I could ask for. The reason I do this podcast is for you guys out there that are listening right now. You're the reason that I sit here and I get these guests and I do these interviews. It's an absolute blast. And as long as you guys are still loving it, I will keep on doing it. What I do ask is I really want feedback, even if it's negative and there's something you're not enjoying. Let me know. It's all a big learning curve. But please, everyone, keep the feedback coming. Keep enjoying the podcasts. I'm not going to tell you who my next guest is. You know by now, this is 16 episodes in. I'm not going to reveal who the next guest is. But what I can say is over the last couple of days, I've interviewed one of my absolute idols. It still doesn't seem real now that it's taken place, but it's coming out soon. It is huge and one of the best interviews I've done. I was chopping it and editing about a couple of hours ago. It is so good. I'm not building it up to let you guys down. It is unreal. As always, thank you all for listening. You're the reason I do this. Take care and I'll speak to you all again in a few weeks' time. (laughs) 